turn it up. Turn up the notch. As if you're cold in your house on a February day and you go to that thermo, turn it up. We've got to turn it up. Those of you that haven't been coming on Wednesday, and you can, turn it up. Turn it up. We've got to get a hold of God. And God's got to reveal us and show us things that we just haven't grasped yet. And it's there. It's for us. He's still a wonderful working God, an unbelievable God. And I guess I'm rambling because preached many times on prayer and um, talked to other pastors throughout the years, you almost feel defeated when you even know you're going to talk about this because it just doesn't seem like there's ever a response. Yet history tells us that people will walk miles when people start getting a hold of God. And there is an atmosphere that changes in the heavenlies, not this nonsense stuff we've heard all through America for the last 50 years, but a real stirring and longing where people like, I don't care what's going on, i got to go pray tonight. And God is able to do that and place that in us. So, here we go. Luke 11:5, And he said unto them, which of you have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend. I would like to think we're friends of Jesus. I hope he thinks we're friends of his. Yet, because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. It's not just being a buddy of Jesus, or a pal of Jesus, or a friend. of. There's something beyond this. It's not just... Um, like agreeing with Lorraine, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. It's, it's a level deeper or a step higher or whatever, whichever way you want to say it. It's something that must be and has to be revealed by the Spirit of Almighty God to us. So he goes on in verse 9. These are the scriptures that you've heard over and over. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asks receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. We must have the glory of God be revealed to us. We must. Not just for goosebumps and not just for, wow, what a service. No, I'm talking about the glory of God. That he will shed light on us, that we'll be saying, and that's not what I want to do. I want to walk this way with God. A a revelation with God, an insight into the things of God, that you didn't even know that path existed. Until your importunity or you keep knocking God. And then God sheds light on something. 
We know in Revelation it talks about hidden manna. We can't be satisfied with the amount of manna that we have. And I'm not talking about going outside the Word of God. The book of Eli. Now is a new movie. And the book of... Forget this. Just do this one. And as God opens up this stuff, I mean, we're going to be transformed and vessels of God in this last day and age. So I'm praying that the Spirit of God, and Bruce, I ask when you go before the Lord, ask the Spirit of God, well, do what He's got to do. Uh, do what He's got to do for us to get this, please. <clears throat> Man, thank you. You may be seated. Now, I know that you've probably heard, you know, the various stories about sowing and reaping. You know, if you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. If you sow abundantly, you're going to get a great harvest. And, and it's taught us in the Word of God. But do you remember sometimes we'll have a service or something, and somewhere along the way, usually in the evening, I'll say, look, forget all this churchy stuff. If you want to get a hold of God, if you want to get a hold of God, then let's give Him our best. You need to step it up if we're really going to have a move of God. If, if God is, feels, feels loved or even drawn to us, you've got to enter into worship, not just sing. And then at times we'll say, okay, we're going to do it all over again. Let's do it. This time forget about your electric bill and the flat tire and come and concentrate on Him whom you're supposed to love. And, and you'll get into it. And it, sometimes maybe it starts off slow, but next thing you know, we're, man, it seems like we're in the heavenlies and, and we're just going with this thing and, and loving God and singing to Him and worshiping Him. And it's not, uh, what are we going to do next? It just keeps flowing and Afterwards, a lot of you will say to me, man, we just needed that. Well, you see, this is something that you constantly have to sow. Those of you that sowed a, a, um, a garden last year will eventually run out of food. If you don't sow another one this coming spring, if you don't plant another one. And so, it's the same... <coughs> Uh, idea in prayer. My gosh. We've got to be given to prayer. I'm telling God again today, off and on, all through the day, and even through the night, I told Ruth I had a bad night, and I didn't feel that well, but I was kept thinking of and, and saying, God, why don't I want to pay the price? And then I thought, God, maybe no one ever wants to pay the price. There's no flesh that's going to go, ooh, 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 I will. There's no flesh that's going to respond to that. Yet, history tells us that people have paid the price. They've counted the cost. They looked at it and meant they were, I'm going to go for this. I had the three evil trinity I was telling God about, and I know that you think it's uh, me, myself, and I, and that's a, that's a pretty evil trinity. But I, I had this other one. I was like, God, why do I have to all have all these three characteristics? Where you can, can kind of uh, lean on the side of being lazy. Or lean on the side of being unmotivated. Or not a gas. Like, my uh, wife is gas. And this, you know, I'll deal with it, but not. Saying, God, why do I got to have all those? Why can't I have... The gas, and no matter what, then I'll jump off a cliff and wonder what's down there after. And but God made me the way He made me, 
And so here we are again as our nation. Is it getting better? I told Ruth this year, New Hope will be 20 years old in April. 20 years old. Zanesville's worse. Muskingum County's worse. There's more murders in this little town than when I first came here. And so, you see, we have this untapped potential. Isn't it about the dumbest thing in the world that they won't drill for oil in the United States? And they're sending all our money overseas to our arch enemy, who's trying to get the ability to make a bomb to kill us with the money we're spending on their oil. And we have it all over. How dumb! Well, don't freak. Now, I'm not into... I'm making a point. We got untapped power. And there you are. There's all the wells. There they are. Just sitting out there. We've been taught wrong. We've been given the wrong drill. We've been told you only got to do it once in a while. Or just, just pump it once and you don't have to pump it again. Jesus will do his thing. When the Bible says knock, seek, ask... I was thinking it was just a little while ago, as one of the Sunday school teachers said, man, we're, run, we're running out of material. And I was thinking, man, how come nobody ever has come up with curriculum on prayer? Because <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's almost, it can't be taught. I have been given prayers first half of my life. Repeat this and say this and you'll be all right. It's, not, it's something that the Spirit of God has to do. Pull you into those deeper waters where you let go of your safety and go out there and trust God. And He opens up and He sees. And next thing you know, an hour and ten minutes has passed and you don't even realize it as you're praying and not for yourself. Man, don't you want the presence of God to manifest Himself here? Here. I mean, manif- I mean, tangible, thick presence of God where you're going, where your knees are because of His holiness and the kabod, that weighty presence of God where you know, touch out, I'm going to die. That can happen. And not... So that we could say, oh, Bob, you remember back in Ot 4 when that happened? No. Uh, why can't it happen all the time? Why can't we constantly be bombarding God? Like, like that judge, like the guy knocking on I need bread. I don't have any. We go, okay. Sorry, there's no bread. And that's what we're doing to the world. Bread is the Lord Jesus. He's the bread that came down from heaven. They're starving for bread. And we're going, no bread, okay. And say, I've got to have bread. And pounding at the door. Pounding. And he didn't answer the door because he was buddies. Yeah, that's Randy Wolf, my brother and my buddy. He didn't come because, they didn't come because of his pounding. Now, God was not relating himself, paralleling himself as the man that doesn't want to hear. Mike's pounding. He was making a point. Do you get it? 
It's the pounding. It's the opportunity. It's keeping coming. Push. Who remembers what push means? Pray until something happens. Well, nothing's happened yet. And so I know that you're coming and we're almost just about completely given Wednesday night over to seek in the Lord for prayer. And that's cool. And that's good. But you got to turn it up. You have to turn it up. However that and whatever that means in your life. Turn it up. The pastors come and pray once a month with us, with me, back in that room. And this time of year, it's cold back there. And there's just this wee, teeny little heater like this. It really doesn't do anything. And I told them last week, I don't want it warm in here. Because you'll start to So we keep it cold. Because we create our own energy when we pray. Do you know that? You'll forget about the cold. It won't even bother you if you're praying. I can't remember the guy's name. His first name was David Brainerd. And he would go on a stump in, in uh, uh, times like this, uh, it, like when all that snow, and he would, and his heart, he was burdened, he was broken. A spirit of prayer come on him for the American Indian. And he would seek God and cry out to God. And when he was done, there was a ring of melted snow around where he was. That was That's an American. It's not a guy over there in China thrown away. We know that they pray. That was an American. And you can't use, well, that's just something special, God. That's hogwash. The fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. What does fervent mean? Red, white, hot, boiling in prayer. Whether it's just your intensity or whether it's you're really vocal about it. It doesn't matter. I don't care. what. It's just turn it up. Is it not catchy? It's catchy when someone's pouring their heart out to them. It should be stirring you, not going like this. Well, I can't hear what I'm saying. Who cares what you're saying? Just get towards the heat and the fire of God. I'm not even talking about loudness. I'm just talking about the intensity and not being distracted. If I start going again, we'll see where even distraction comes in. But he says, knock. That means to rap on the door. Luke 11, 11 says, if a son shall ask bread of any of you, that is a father, will he give him a stone? Absolutely not. Or if he asks a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? God again is making a point. Or if he shall ask an egg, will we offer him a scorpion? Well, for Pete's sake, no. Then he goes, then, if you then, being evil, know, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit, listen, to them that ask him? There's an asking. There's a longing. There's a desiring. You understand, God, I must be filled with the Holy Ghost. Or when this world flies off its hinges, and our nation with it, you'll buckle. 
It's only the Spirit of God that's going to keep you upright. It's the only the Spirit of God that's going to make those wobbly knees go. It's not going to be you. And it's not going to be me. <clears throat> David said, My soul followeth hard after thee, God. Hard. We do it for a while, and then we spit and sputter and fall into routine and lose our drive and our and we just can't do it. We just can't. You know, the, the Bible says that, you know, it's kind of cool if you're married because if one's down, the other one can pull you up. Say, Come on, what's the matter with you? Well, Jesus, look at all of us. I know some of you are down sometimes, but man, someone else should be fired up and be pulling you up. That you can't stay down long. You just can't. <clears throat> John fourteen twenty one says, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them... He is that loves me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Manifest myself. And that word's awesome. It means to exhibit in person. It means to be revealed, declared plainly. And God wants to do that. There's hidden manna to those who seek for it and knock and dig. But lots of times we just become satisfied. Really. I think uh, Chad just prayed again for Haiti on that second. And he said what I've heard a lot of say, a lot of people say, because they're expecting doom to our nation. You understand that? He said, when I saw that, all that rubble and death, I could not help but think of our country. And I said the same thing when I looked at that and saw I'm thinking, oh, my God. You know, on any given day, you can wake up and find out that some bombing off in L.A., Chicago, New York, because all that, we're wide open for all that. Big buildings come. That's not even far-fetched. That happened. So there's an element we're just not getting. We're not getting it. Remember the story of Elijah and Elisha in Second Kings 2? Let's just read some of the verses, and then we're going to spend some time praying. And it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, he's going to take off Elisha and Elijah. Elijah is the older man of God who's like the mentor to Elisha. And Elijah saying, i got to go. i got to move. God's going to do something. And he tells Elisha, stay here. And probably 99.9 of us would say, well, he said stay here. That's the easy spot. That's the easy thing, to stay where you're at. Ah, you've done good. You're here Sunday night. Stay here. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Bethel, which means the house of God. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. He didn't say, Send me a tape, I'll check it out on the internet. He said, I'm going with you. And the sons of the prophets, here comes that distraction. The sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha, and said unto him, You know, by the way, uh, that the Lord will take away your master from thy head today? And he says, Yes, I know it. Hold your peace. 
Now, I don't know if they meant something horrible. These are the idea is these are Bible schools that even Elijah founded. And maybe they all knew. I don't know how they knew, but they all knew that Elijah wasn't going to be around long. And what's amazing here is that all these Bible school students could have followed him. But just Elisha went. This is for everybody. But everybody won't go. Remember when I preached years ago on the tabernacle? The, the largest court is called the most profane place. Remember, it was the large court, middle court, next court, and then the altar, and then the uh, tabernacle. And each one kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And you would think, man, wouldn't it get bigger and bigger and bigger? When more find out, more want to come? No, let's go! Because God requires more from you. The closer you get to God. No, you look pretty cool tonight. Look pretty nice, good looking, well dressed. But there's something different tonight. The light's low. And you and I are fairly far apart. So all I gotta do is start turning on the lights and looking closer. And then I go, ooh. <laughs> you can see the years on us, the thinner hair, the wrinkles, uh, don't look quite as fit as you did far apart. It's the same thing when you draw closer to God and you get deeper into His light that God goes, look at this, and you go, oh, oh. Things start becoming revealed in the light of God, and most people go, it's about the closest I want to get, Jesus. So many don't go into that light of God to see all the flaws and the scars and the blemishes and the shortcomings. And so that's why the tabernacle got smaller and smaller and smaller. Most profane place. Isn't that amazing? That's what it was called. Crowds out there, smaller and smaller and smaller. Until you stood before the brazen altar where you had to have a burning death experience on the altar to be able to go into the holy place because you had to have blood to enter the holy place right tip of your ear right thumb right big toe and you were covered and then only one person got into the most holy place because people are satisfied to stand way back and just have a glimpse now i hope i look good to you out here Now, if I got close to you, those days are over for me. <laughs> the muscles are there. They're just pointing in a different direction. <laughs> if you get closer and in the light, people don't want anything to do with the light. And you cannot pray way out in the dark. you got to enter the light. Because the first thing God will do is he'll deal with you. He'll say, I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like Stop this. Don't wear that. Don't say that word. Don't talk like that. People rather live back there and saying, I want to be more like you. But there has to be folks that will pay the price. Are you one? Are you one of them?
So he goes on. They're trying to distract him for whatever reason. Elijah said unto Elisha, Terry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. So he's going on again. This is a journey. I mean, they did this by just walking. It wasn't like just skipping a car like, stay here, Bruce. I'm going to Zanesville. I mean, it's just zip, zip down the road and you're there. This is a journey that's like much afraid in the book you're reading. It's a journey, a lifelong journey. And Elisha again says, no way, man. I'm going with you. I'm going with you. And again, the prophets come in a different place, in a different location. And they said, man, do you know? And again, he says, look, I know. Be quiet. Don't bother me with this. Elisha said unto him, Terry, I pray thee here, for the Lord hath sent me to Jordan. And he said, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And the two went on. It kind of remembers me, reminds me of, is it Orpha and Ruth? Remember Naomi? When everything died in her life and she's going back to actually to the promised land, her two daughter-in-laws are coming with them. She turns around and goes, you might as well go back. There's nothing else left. And Orpha went, okay, kissed her and turned around and left. And Ruth said, I'm not, I'm going. I'm going with you. Your land is my land. Your God is my God. I'm going with you. And Ruth is found in the lintage now of Christ. It is amazing that that decision, how close Orpha could have been, penned in the Bible. That she was penned as going back. Was it Moab where they were from, which was a life of idolatry? Who knows? She probably lost her soul. But Ruth made the decision, I'm going to go on. Now she's in the genealogies of Christ. There's a pressing on beyond. So it's all through here in Elijah. All through. And he goes on. And he finally reaches and asks him, as Elijah takes his mantle, smacks the water, and the water opens up in front of them. It came to pass, in verse 9, it says, When they were gone over, that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Man, you asked for a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. Now, we know God doesn't play games. This is not a game, God's plan. But I just believe it has to do with that tenacity of going no matter what happens. You start out with 50, and you're the only one. They leave you. They call you, hey, who do you? Goody two-shoes, holier than thou. And you're just, i gotta, I got to keep going. I just feel like I'm... And then he turns around and says, what is it? Can I? He goes, I want a double portion of God. I want more of God than what even you have. He goes, man, you asked for a hard thing. But if you see me when I'm taken up, it'll be so. There could have been both schools of the prophets with him saying the same thing. And he gave that, if you all see me when I'm all... But there was only one that kept going. 
Only one that pressed through. Only one went through the journey. Up and down, wondering. This is about the dumbest thing I did, but I'm not stopping. I'm going on. How many times have you prayed and prayed and prayed and doesn't think a darn thing is happening? Don't look like a thing is going on. You still look in the mirror and go, oh, this guy. And you just keep praying and praying for this guy, that guy, husband, wife, children. Don't seem like anything is going on. Because it's a walk of faith. It's a walk of faith and you've got to leave the rest to God. Verse 11 came and says, it came to pass. As they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire, horses of fire, parted them both asunder, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. The first four words in 12, and Elisha saw it. You believe you'll see it. You believe you keep crying out to God to manifest your power and your holiness. Manifest your convicting finger, God. God, make us pure, because only the pure in heart see God. You'll see it. So Elijah kept knocking. Or Elisha kept knocking, kept rapping on the door. I remember this quote from years ago, and I gave it to you, and I can quite kind of remember a little bit why I gave it, but it's still awesome to this day. It's a, you cannot seek his face and save your face. You can't do it. You can't do it. You're going to have to be totally exposed to God. You can't seek his face and have little things you're not going to tell God about. You're not going to save your face. You're not. So here's a prayer. I wonder if you're interested in praying. Are you willing in your prayer to say to God, God, I want you to ruin everything in my life that is not of you. Something that I've concocted and thought was you, something I told everybody it was you and I knew it wasn't. Are you willing to ask God, God, tear down everything, ruin everything that is not of you? Lay yourself before God. Remember those great words of Paul to the Philippians, Brethren, I can't not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Those are the distractions. Forgetting about them, reaching forth unto those things which are before. And then those words, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Remembering what that press means, it means to run swiftly in order to catch. To run after, to pursue in a hostile manner. We looked into that years and years ago, and we were talking about the police. You know, what are you going to do when they come for you? And they come with those lights. That's hot pursuit, going after a person with the intent to catch that's the drive you should have to catch God. And here's what's awesome. How many, I don't even know if they do it anymore. Probably little kids don't even know about it. How many has played tag in their life? Okay. And you say, okay, we're going to play now. Not it, not it, not it. Remember? And you're like, oh, man. You're always, because you go, not it. And you're the last one. 
right? And then you got to play not it. They're gone. But sooner or later, the pursuer is trying to find somebody, finally get somebody. You're it. You go, oh, man. And then what happens? The pursuer becomes the pursued. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're going to pursue after God. You're going to, God, I've got to have you. I'm going to have you. I'm going to have you. And all these days, one of these days, bam. The pursuer, all of a sudden, is going to be pursued by the Spirit of God. That's worth fighting for. That's worth saying, come on. I've got to start this again. I've got to turn it up again. I've got to get a hold of God. You can catch God. You can wrestle and prevail. What? Ask Jacob. Jacob did. Do you want to wrestle? See, the problem is we don't want to wrestle. Because you know what will happen, don't you? It might ruin the way you always walked. If you actually have a wrestling bout with the presence of God, God reached down, touched the hip of his, and he never walked the same. But he never had that goofy walk with God before, ever. Are you willing to say, God, ruin everything in my life that's not of you? Well, could use a little. We're going to have a little bit of you and Tim or just Tim or something, whatever we need. Now there's Tim. Okay. Because, look, some people say, uh, you know what, God's not moving because of pride or because of this or because of that. No, the, the reason why I believe the Lord's not moving, it's because of our appetite. Someone just said, I won't reveal the name. But remember how I, this morning, I forget why I even said it. I, I mentioned uh, Sunday chicken. Yeah, and someone says, every time you do that, i got to go get it. And they were there eating it away this morning. Because appetites move us. Hunger will move us. Take Haiti right now. The big scare is that they're going to start going nuts and killing each other over a little bottle of water. Well... We have to be that way in prayer. We have to say, God, we're just not going to stop until you move. Lord, there's another murder in our city the other day. God, divorce rate in Muskegon County is 70%, God. God, Zanesville such a little forgotten town once used to be capital. Don't even think about it anymore. God, do you imagine what it would happen if people got on fire for God in this little town? And you keep knocking. Then what will happen as Bruce or whoever starts getting stirred and he'll go, That's right, God. Lord, and then he'll start. And then someone else. That's how God will move. 
in his time and his way. He's God. God's not playing hide and seek. need to spend some time seeking the Lord and what happens happens whatever God does God does but we have to just say Lord our altar call is going to be this Lord I, I, I do I want you to ruin whatever's in my life that's distracting me or taking me away you have that much trust in the Lord that much faith in God to say that why wouldn't you say that? Why wouldn't you keep some pet little thing or some distraction or even some nice thing that God doesn't want you to do? Why would you keep it alive artificially? When the King of Glory has a plan for you. If you wouldn't mind standing, please. I think an element of prayer that I'm talking about is, is hard to describe in words because it's been so long in America to where people really started to pray. We'll say our little prayers and our various things. But let's just start with God. Open our eyes. Put a burden in our hearts to pray. You've got to put that in there, God. Because through a lot of years, I would say, okay, I'm going to go for it after a night like this. And it carries me so long. God, put this in our hearts so that we can pray. And that you can use this vessel, this church, this tool, and all those wells. You can tap them for their purpose in life. Our altars are open. If you would like to come and just talk to God, you and the Lord, please come now.